Hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Hello. 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 In my effort to find a story that was not local, preferably international, something that took me out specifically of the United States or like something maybe that was like a haunting or something like completely Ooh, different. Sure. Like I was just, you know, I was exploring the waters. Yeah. I landed on a story from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You went far. <laughs> I know. So I was like, drive down the block and turn around and come back. <laughs> so this story has been told. I think, um, I think my favorite murder covered it at one point because Karen got into the habit of doing like, I survived stories. Oh, and so okay. this was an, I survived story. Um, cool. and so today we will be covering the survival story of Susan Walters, AKA Susan. I think it's Kuhnhausen. How do you spell it? K-U-H-N-H-A-U-S-E-N. Kuhnhausen? Maybe. I think so. Did I say K-U or Q-U? It's K-U. I don't remember what you said 10 seconds ago. So so you know, it's K-U. But she goes by Susan Walters now, so. Cool. Thank you for making it easy on us. You are welcome. (laughs) So on September 6th of 2006, uh, then 51-year-old Susan Kuhnhausen was on her way home from work as an ER nurse at Providence Portland Hospital. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Really close to home. Very like, close. <laughs> this is like right down the street. And Susan, at the time, had been married to her husband, Mike, for 17 years. In fact, they met in 1988 after Susan's mom had placed a personal ad in the newspaper. And they titled it... <laughs> I know. Do you like pina coladas? Newspapers? <laughs> what are those? They, her mom titled it, Seeking Someone Different. You got it, Susan. <laughs> yeah. Susan, in the article, I don't know how much say she had over it. So if it was, like, just mom, then, like, mom, we need to have a conversation. But they said in the posting that they were looking for somebody who wasn't just interested in skinny women. Okay. I mean, like, straightforward. Why things not? are more important to them than being skinny or something like that. Because Susan is, she's a fuller-figured okay. lady. She'd been single for a while and just really wanted to meet somebody and get out a little bit more and have somebody to explore with. When they placed that ad, a man named Mike responded. The Mike. Right. He was divorced. He had kids from his last marriage, which was totally fine with Susan. Like, she didn't feel the need to have her own kids. They spoke on the phone several times before finally meeting a month later. And then they just, like, instantly hit it off. They became, like... You know, inseparable, if you will, going a lot of places, doing a lot of things, the outdoorsy stuff, exploring together, like things were good. Um, They were sharing stuff. Yeah. So they were married within a year. They went to Reno, got married. Vegas wedding. Like one does. (laughs) Yes. And at the time, he claimed to be a Vietnam vet and that he had like. (laughs) Yes. Which he was. He was. Um, but said that he, like, suffered um, PTSD from combat or whatever. Okay. But military records actually listed him as a switchblade operator. So frontline combat was not exactly part of his job description. Right. But needless to say, it was kind of like his way of explaining some of his issues with, like, anxiety or anger or whatever like that. Um, those things that were just kind of, like, 
mentions when they were dating became like all consuming when they were married. It's like uh, things instantly changed. Yep, yep. Okay. So he worked as the janitor, uh, the janitorial soup for Oregon Entertainment. This is the parent company of Fantasy Adult Video. So if you're oh. from the area, you know fantasy. Yeah. Or is it just like a Northwest thing or is it just an Oregon thing? I feel like it's just an Oregon thing. You tell us, California, Idaho, Washington. Like, do you guys? Like a national thing? Yeah. Because if Oregon Entertainment owns fantasy. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Anyway, so these places have uh, video booths. Um, So he's cleaning these places. He's cleaning up not very nice stuff. Yeah, it's an adult video store, but they. Right, with like. Personal, yeah, Yeah. peep shows and like personal viewings. Yeah. So they never had kids together, but their marriage at that point, uh, after they got married, began to fall apart pretty quickly. Susan did stick it out. She was like, you know, this is the man I'm married to and I'm really going to give it a try. But like he just became like fairly intolerable. Yeah. The romance was gone. They never went to do anything. She still was like very adventuresome and wanted to get out and things like that. He didn't want to go anywhere. He didn't want to do anything. Like he, the romance had died. It was downhill battle. So Susan gave it like the... More battles than he'd been in. So Susan gave it the good old college try or whatever, but after 17 years, she was like, enough is enough. That is a long time. That's a long to college to get out term. with someone. Yeah. So um, she, they eventually separated in 2005, but um, she said that this was due to like his increasing, the increasing tension she felt between them. Things had become like volatile and the tensions were high enough that she felt like it could become violent. Not that it had, but she felt like it was kind it was of like. getting there. Yeah. So she felt like for their safety and everybody's best interest, it was best that they separate. So in 2005, they separated, but they did remain on good terms. Um, She even described their relationship as a friendship. So they separated in 2005, but remained on good terms. Um, Susan even described their relationship as a friendship, but still showed some signs of like anger and aggression that she kind of felt fearful of. So she did decide to move forward with divorce. Did they have any children together? No. No okay. children together. He has adult children from a previous marriage. Gotcha. Yeah. Mike still had access to her home. He hadn't, like, returned the keys yet or anything sure. like that. But she did install a security system. I don't know when, um, but the code was their anniversary. So I'm oh, assuming, like, he actually... When they were together. Yeah. Yeah. But she felt pretty confident in her safety. Like, she had the security system. She didn't really feel like he couldn't have access to the house. Um, Also, because of where her job is, it is in the heart of downtown Portland. Um, The nurses at that hospital go through regular self-defense training. Oh, okay. Plus, also, I think just in general, someone is always going to think, like, that's not going to be me. Right. Uh, it's, you know, that would never happen to me. Well, and if your partner has never showed violence towards you right. or anything like that. And I think even when maybe there are indicators of it, you don't you ever realize you... how bad it could get. Right. You never think, oh, I could end up on a true crime podcast. Right. But you can. So, <laughs> but... <laughs> She, so again, she does the regular self-defense training. She's also become during this time, very good at handling combative patients, experiencing drug withdrawals. Sure. Um, again, because of her location, there is a large homeless population in Portland. Even at this time, there was a large homeless population. Um, and obviously addiction comes with that. Uh, but yeah, so she had gotten really good at like restraining people, dealing with combative people, that kind of thing. So 
This particular day, she was on her way home. She had been contemplating a major hair change because, okay. you know, change your hair, change your life. New hair, new me. That's right. And um, she got home around 6.37 p.m. and said that she noticed that her house was dark, particularly her bedroom. Okay. And she was like, well, that's weird because I normally open, like, the blinds and everything before I leave. Like, when I wake up in the morning, sure. I open the blinds, then Get leave some the house. sunlight in. Yeah. Yeah, and it's September, so it's like... The daylight savings hasn't happened yet, right. and which we have here um, for now. Yeah. And so it's still light at this point. Right. So. Till late. Yes. Yeah, it's probably like, I mean, it'll be light outside probably until like nine o'clock or so. But yeah, so she noticed that her room is dark. Um, when she enters the house, she did find a note inside like the mudroom area that said, Sue, having, haven't been sleeping, had to get away, went to the beach, loved me. And it was from her husband, Mike. He'd been there that day, and he'd left a note saying that he was going to the beach. Okay. So she was like, all right. So she's sorting through the mail or whatever. Walks through the house. Everything else seems fine to her. She's like, okay, the alarm hasn't gone off. It's totally, like, it's cool. And then she spots a man standing in the shadows of her bedroom. fuck. And the man is not her husband. Oh. Yes. Plot twist. Shit, yeah. I was thinking it's the husband. <laughs> nope. So she sees this man standing in the shadows of her bedroom and she's Ew. like, what are you doing here? And starts like yelling at him. And the man, she realizes, is wearing yellow rubber gloves, like the types that you would wear to like clean dishes like or wash something. dishes? Yeah. yeah. Although, does anybody wear those to wash dishes at this point? No, killers wear those. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he's holding a black and red claw hammer. Excuse me? No, claw hammers are, like, just the standard type hammers. Uh, like, it yeah. has, like, the hammer part on the end and then the claw on the back to pull up the nails that you mess up. Right? Or kill people. Yes. Yeah. So he has one of those in his hand. And she's like, okay, don't recognize him. He has long gray hair, a baseball hat on, a beard, and everything like that. So she's, like, screaming at him, who are you? Why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. And he starts running towards <gasps> Susan, swinging the hammer. Now, what? Susan is like... Pick the wrong one today. Yeah. Or as one of my friends like to say, pick the right one today. <laughs> Come at me. Because what she knows from self-defense training is that if you rush them and run towards them, the closer you are, the less of the impact is when they hit you. Mm. It's when you run away and you get more of like a swing into it, if you will, that right. the impact is going to be greater. So she knows the closer she is, the less it's going to hurt. The basically. less swing he has. Yeah. Okay. So she rushes him, which obviously catches him off guard. Right. Like he's not ready for this woman to rush at him. Um, and she notes that he is taller than her and probably stronger than her, but okay. she does outweigh him. And okay. she's like, I'm going to throw this body weight into I this. I mean, hello. Yeah, so she's like, we're going to use what I got. She's only five foot four, but she's... <laughs> oh, shit, she's short. She came to scrap. So Good for her. I like her. Uh, me too. So she rushes towards him, and he does swing, and it lands. So the butt of the hammer lands and hits her right in the temple. Oof. And then also swings again and hits her in the head. So she gets hit in the face, hits in the head with a freaking hammer wow which just like that makes my bells ring just thinking about it wow but she still like kicks into defense mode like after you know she's got like the adrenaline running like the birds and the stars running through her like the cartoon or whatever yeah Yeah, that's what she said she's like my adrenaline kicked in and everything like that and it's like you don't feel pain it like blinds you it knocks you off your feet a little bit but you just keep working through it 
And so she starts fighting her attacker, punching him, biting him, doing whatever she can. And then she realizes, like, he's not there to rob her. And she didn't just walk in on an intruder. Like, he was sent there to kill her. Because he's, like, not letting this down. And the only thing that he says to her as they're fighting is, you're strong. That's literally the only thing he says. He goes, you're strong. And she said it was very obvious that he felt excited about that. Ew. Like, it was like, oh. Oh, let's go. We're we're going to find it out. Yeah. Like, he was, like, not expecting it, but, like, oh, okay, like, this is going to be worth my while type thing. That's disturbing. So they fight it out. At one point, she gets him in a chokehold, like manages to get on top of him, gets him in a chokehold, and yes. grabs the hammer. Because at this point, he's dropped it. Grabs the hammer. And her dad was a carpenter. And her dad told her that if she was ever attacked, to use the claw end well, because it works yeah. better. Oh, yeah. And so she says she begins beating him <gasps> with the claw end of the hammer. And said, it really did work the best. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, this one's a savage. So she hits him four times and then drops it and takes off running. Because she's like, all right. He's, like, gasping for breath. I've hit him with this claw thing, like, yeah. four different times. Like, good. Gucci. Like, take off. And she takes off running. But he manages to grab her by the feet. Oh, so my he God. Grabs this her is like a horror feet. movie situation. I know. <laughs> and, uh... He grabs her by the feet, manages to grab her, get her from behind. And at one point, he's, like, punching in the, her in the face, um, splits her lip. She ends up on the floor, and he comes and stands over her with a hammer. And he, she's like, I realize that at that uh-huh. moment, if he hits me with this hammer, I'm dead. Yeah. Like, this is going to be, like, the final blow. And so she's like, I knew I had to act quickly. So she goes for his legs. Pulls him down. Stop. Again, biting him. And she bit him? She's biting him. And she says she's doing this for multiple reasons. One, she's trying to cause as much pain as possible. At one leave point, Leave evidence. And that's the other thing. She's trying to yes. leave evidence. At one point, she even manages to somehow, like, bite through his, like, zipper or whatever and bites him in the genitals, which what? I was like, okay. I mean, not where I would go, but But okay. do what you gotta do. Yeah, no, I'm not in that situation. Be so like, I you can't know where he does it. have evidence? Go ahead and check him. Drop, drop G- him. Give him the whole run now. <laughs> yep. So that's kind of like her end goal. But the other thing that she does is um, she's like wanting to make sure she leaves DNA evidence and that she's leaving defense wounds on him, on her, or whatever. So it's clear that there's a struggle. Like, okay. not just like, a punch, but something that has DNA on it. Yeah. But she also starts grabbing things out of his pockets. Because she's like, oh. if I grab his ID and throw... She would literally throw his ID down the hallway and stuff like that, trying to throw things around. So later on, if, like, the crime scene investigators yeah. come in and sweep her house and she's dead, maybe he won't have found everything to, like, take and it will be something that points back to him. So she's literally emptying his pockets, throwing things as she's biting him, attacking him. This is, like... Top level genius. I know. Also, my hand gestures right now are wild. It's okay. Like, I was doing the same thing. I'm like, here, come on, oh, right here. Yeah. But it's like I'm landing an airplane. <laughs> but wow. Yeah, she's just, like thinking of everything. And just like, is this woman alive? Yes. Okay. It's an I survived story. I know, but like now. Oh, like, yeah, I yeah. No, she's still her. Yeah, she's still a thing. Okay. She's still, a thing. she's still a thing. So at one point, like, she manages to like, 
get her leg over him and pin him between her legs and then climbs on top of him, again placing him in a sleeper hold at this point. Wow. That she said that she had learned through all of her trainings or whatever. Sure. And she's like, I'll call you an ambulance if you say who sent you. Like, she's basically like, So Tell she me. was for sure thinking someone sent him, not it was just some random guy in yeah, the house. Yeah, because she's like, why? Why would somebody just, like, break into my house? So she's to like, tell me her. who sent you yeah. and I will, because she doesn't know him. Like, what is the purpose of gotcha. your visit, sir? Yeah. And then I will call you an ambulance. Um, but he says nothing. So she keeps him in the sleeper hold until he stops fighting. And... Once he stops struggling and appears to stop breathing, Susan again gets off of him, takes off running. And at this point, she actually manages to make it to her neighbor's house. And okay. she's like, I need you to call 911. I've just been attacked. So, so neighbors call 911 and they're like, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. So they're telling them the whole story. And the 911 operator is like, does she need an ambulance? And they're like, no, no, no. She's an ER nurse. She's fine. But she said that her attacker does. <laughs> The guy needs an ambulance. <laughs> and so, uh, oh my God. So cops show up, ambulance show up, and the neighbors say on the 911 call, Susan, like her neighbor believes that it, her ex-husband has something to do with it. Wow. So she's already like, I feel like Something something's up. going on. So... When the officers come to the scene, Susan is obviously outside. She's distraught. She asks if the attacker is dead, and the officer says yes. And this is the part that she, like, really seems to, even to this day, really struggle with. That mm -hmm. she's, like, really upset about the fact that she was forced into this situation where she had to take somebody else's life. And she says she immediately starts thinking of his family, the fact that he's someone's brother, like, somebody's son. And, like, somebody now is going to mourn the loss of their person. Because she had to survive. And so, still, like, trying to come to terms with that. Um, but she said, she did say that the real tragedy was not that she was attacked in this situation, but that she had to kill somebody in order to survive. Which I'm like, oh, this woman's so amazing. I, I get it, but... I mean, it was him or you, girl. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that no. other people are now going to feel pain. Of course, of course. Yeah. So her attacker was identified as Ed Hafey, or Haffey, depending on how you want to enunciate. Yeah. And he did have a criminal record. Interestingly enough, in 1991, he arranged to have his own ex-girlfriend murdered. What? So her body was found along the Umpqua River, and he pled guilty to conspiracy to commit murder, or commit aggravated murder, actually. And he spent only nine years in prison for this. Wow. Now, the police told her at the time that they thought he was just a burglar. Um, but Susan was like, no, 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 no. Because he never asked for money. He never attempted to steal anything. It's the not just The alarm wasn't guy. set off. Yeah. So someone had to let him exactly. in or give him the code. Because, yeah, if no alarm set off, it's obviously an inside job. Right. So police continued their investigation and found that Mr. Ed, Hafey, Hafey, whatever, worked as a custodian for Mike at Adult <gasps> Fantasy Video. Dun, dun, dun. He struggled with a very severe um, crack cocaine addiction. Huh. He was desperate for money. 
His autopsy actually showed that he had a near lethal amount of cocaine in his system. Oh. And when Susan returned to the crime scene later on, they were going through the house or whatever after she was allowed back in. And one of her friends that was with her was like, what is this? They find his backpack that somehow the police had never found. Weird. And in the backpack was a planner. Okay. That had a note on it that said, call Mike, get letter. So they turned that over to the police. And Susan also on this same visit checks her voicemail. And her husband had called and left a voicemail after she had been attacked. And she said his normally agitated voice was very different. He didn't sound like anybody that was like super upset to have just found out that his wife had been. Oh, he had found out. Yes, he had been notified at this point. Uh, didn't seem very upset to find out that his wife had been attacked, attacked and somebody had tried to murder her. So she was like, okay, well, he doesn't seem very upset about this. So offended. Yeah, but, <laughs> right. Um, so she says or tells police that Mike had been trying for some time to actually get Susan to rescind the divorce, but she had refused. Mm-hmm. Um, And what they find out later on is that he, at that point, decided to get even. And... Get even? Yeah. And solicited three different people... Whoa. ...to try and have his wife murdered. And they all declined until he found little old Ed. Now, Ed, I found two different price points. It was either he agreed to it for 50K or 5K. So, the zero could be a typo. It could not be. I don't totally know. Mm. Um, But either way, Ed agreed to go ahead and execute said crime. On the day of the attack, Mike did, in fact, drive to the coast. He went to Lincoln City. Mm. And Alibi. Yep. Got a hotel room, but then returned to Portland that night. Mm. And when he returned to Portland that night... Bad alibi. We know that he was in Portland that night. <laughs> Because he bought a revolver at a pawn shop (gasps) for $339. And so there is record of him actually being in Portland that night and not in Lincoln City. What a moron. Of all things you're going to buy, you're going to buy something that definitely leaves a trace. Right. (laughs) He said that he was in the house, um, that he was not there to actually let Ed into the house, and that he did not disable the alarm for him. He was only there to leave the note. That said, whatever. Okay. Um, so after the attack hit the media, Mike wrote a suicide note and left it at his dad's house. It said something to the effect of, all I ever wanted was to be love, and every time I had it, I fucked up. And then he started ignoring phone calls that were coming into his phone, including from his own children. So he avoided oh. all contact for like a week. And then police finally located him on September 13th in the parking garage at Kaiser Sunnyside Hospital. He claimed to be checking himself in and was threatening to commit suicide. Um, And he was actually placed on an involuntary psych hold, but was then arrested hours later. What we find out is that he had apparently lost his job weeks earlier, which I'm not totally sure then, like, how he was planning on paying this guy that had started working for him and everything like that. Still could be life insurance if he was the person to be paid I'm glad that you said that. Because he's not. so Really? Yes. Um, I'll come to that. But he had been at the beach. Like I said, he had the alibi. He'd lost his job. Susan had actually named her brother 
as her beneficiary on her life insurance policy. And he knew it. Ooh. He did know it. But if something happened to her, he was the other one on the title for the house. Oh. And so the house would go to her. And at that time, that mm-hmm. house was worth, sorry, yes, the house would go to him. And at that time, the house was worth $300,000, which in today's money would be like 800000 yeah. in today's market. And if you see this house, it's freaking adorable. And it's in Portland. So it's worth a lot more money. Um, he denied any connection to Ed, but, uh, the police... I mean, hello, your co-workers. Yeah, the police were like, nah, sir, you hired him. Like, you have to know who he is. Yeah. Um, the police checked the security system and found that the alarm at Susan's house was disabled while Susan was at work. But like I said, Mike said that that was just to drop off the note. What really kind of, like, starts to crack things open was on September 18th, one of Ed's former cellmates contacts police. And he said that Ed had asked him to join him on what he explained was an insurance scam. (laughs) And they met up with Mike, who then offered, and this is where I say the numbers get murky, because he apparently offered $5,000 to kill his wife. Okay. And the guy was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So the cellmate was like, blessings, but I'm going to see myself out of this one. Yep. And, um, but obviously Ed was like, I'll take it there. Yeah. 5,000, 50,000. I don't know. It's all the same to me. And so on August 30th of 2007, Mike pled guilty. Um, and he was only sentenced to 10 years for the solicitation to commit aggravated murder. You know, it's funny. I think he should have been charged with Ed's murder. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. But then I think Susan would have had to be implicated in that at some point. Because she's the one that actually did it. But you can't say hers was self-defense, but how would you do that? You know what I mean? He put him in that situation. Reckless endangerment? Yeah, something. I don't know. So Susan moved, obviously, and began practicing her shooting skills, all in preparation for Mike's inevitable release, because he was supposed to get out Mm. at some point. But 92 days before he was supposed to be released in 2014, Mike died from cancer. Oh, wow. So he got uncovered letters that he'd written um, while in prison saying that he only pleaded guilty to avoid further jail time. Susan, though, continued to work as a nurse until December of 2014 when she retired. And like I said, she goes by Susan Walters now. Good. But that is the incredible survival story of Susan Walters. Wow. What a badass. I know. Truly. Wow. Yeah. And when you hear her talk about it, it's actually like a little, um, it's a little alarming because she like, she's kind of like very mechanical about it. Yeah. Here's what happened. Here's what I did. And kind of gives like these like, like these creepy knowing smiles every once in a while that you're just like, oh, she's got it in her. I think I would too though. Like, like she's kind of like, rationale. maybe it's a little her like being loud and proud about it a little sure. bit, but, um, yeah, I just, and like the sweet victory of having her husband die at the end. Like not only did your attacker die, but your husband dies at the end. Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, but honestly, if I was retelling a story like that, that I survived and like retelling my version of it 
and saying, here's what I was doing. Here's why I was doing it. I was thinking two steps ahead of this person. I had all these thoughts going through my head, processing them. Oh, you bet your ass I would be gloating about it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm smiling for her. I know it wasn't (laughs) even me. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I remember the first time I heard that story, I was like, what? She did what? Right. And then like every time you're, it's like twist and turns and you're like at the beginning, you're like, oh, it's the husband. And then it's like, oh, but it's not the husband. And then at the end, you're like, he hired him. Right. And just thing after thing that she kept doing to make sure that she survived or that she at least, you know, subdued him yeah. was just incredible. The hammer, the biting, the taking the things out of the pockets and flinging them Genius. around. That might have been like the best like, thing I've ever heard. Because if she had gotten away and he was alive, then maybe that could have been what put him in jail. But, I mean, obviously other things happened. But yeah. she did, you did what you had to do. And I am proud for you. I hope to meet you someday. <laughs> Like, she's like the she's the story where like that's how you hope it turns out for absolutely. you if you ever find yourself in that situation you hope that you're able to think that quickly react that quickly like be that resourceful yes like that's that's how self-defense is supposed to work absolutely if i learned anything from this the pocket thing i mean the biting thing for sure leave evidence but not only like punching like you said like scratching and clawing like mm-hmm. not make like make sure they Someone knows you were there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. 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 <laughs> that is such a cool story. You're right. This is a little change of pace, but it's a welcome change of pace because it's, it's a victorious yeah, story. Yeah, because it gives you something to be excited about. Yeah. So. Thank you. No problem. So our Patreons this week. Yes. Let Who do we see. got? Let me see where we're at. More murder lovers. Hey. So this week in the murder lover category, we have Justin. Whoop! Justin, it's been a long time. We should catch up. You know what's funny ah. is that it would, hey, sir, you're not Justin. What? <laughs> he when cries. I, He's like, when, I'm not. When I think when I when you say Justin, I always think of him like first name last name. I'm not gonna say his last name, but like I always think first name oh, last yeah. name when I think Justin. So He's one hey, of those Justin. people that you think of their full names. When exactly. You think of. Yes. Um, Vic- so no, we know you. Okay. We know. <laughs> Victoria. Hey, Victoria. Holla. We talk lots and lots on Instagram. Awesome. And then, um, I think, I think it's Dre. I don't know if it's Dre or Dre. It's D-R-E-E. We talk all the freaking time on Instagram too. So. Hey, Dre. Um, also, I agree. House over wedding any day. I haven't seen the show. I know, but she, uh, messaged me on Instagram. Oh, she was she- like, a house. <laughs> Weddings are only for people with partners. And I was like, that's a good point. Yeah. Dree, I'm with you, girl. <laughs> that's, that's my point. You can follow us over on Instagram at a stranger danger podcast. You can hit us up on Gmail, stranger, a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. Why is that so hard for me? Um, you can go over to our Patreon and search us on Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. No, it's just our name. podcast. Stranger oh, Danger just Stranger Podcast. Danger Podcast. That's where you can find us on Patreon. And for those Patreons, the first time that signed up, we have the pop sockets. We're staring at them right now. They are signed, sealed, and soon to be delivered. So we'll put those out in the mail. So hopefully by this episode, you would have gotten them. But you can also follow us on Facebook, Stranger Danger, colon, a true crime podcast, the group Stranger Danger, 
colon murder lovers and follow us on twitter sd true crime pod thank you so much you guys okay bye bye now bye